with evil, or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. The second reading you can find on page 1033, Acts 2, 42 to 47. 1033, the fellowship of the believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great, John, thank you very much, and uh, Ruth for leading us in, uh, in prayer as well. Just, uh, Will, as smiling, Will, uh, even pretending that um, Joe and I, or I might be an expert in parenting, it reminded me of the definition of an expert. It's a, basically a compound word, an ex is a has-been, and a spurt is a drip under pressure which will basically describe uh, me, at least. Um, but uh, no, we'd love you to join us on, on that, uh, if that um, is where you're at, or you know others. Similar life stage. Let's pray as we continue to uh, look at these two passages together. I'd love you if you've got a finger in one, in, in the Acts 2, and, uh, and have uh, 1 Peter 3 open as well. Uh, we continue thinking about our core values, and particularly the value of belonging this morning. Let's ask God to help us. Give us revelation, insight, and understanding. Father, we uh, just love that phrase when Jesus appeared to the disciples on the road to the Emmaus, and Luke describes, then their eyes were opened, and they saw, they saw this figure, they recognized him. And in the same way, Lord, we ask by your Spirit, you would enable our inner eyes, as it were, to open and that we would see what it is that you're saying to us through this printed page. The spirit, the heart, the teaching, the food that lies beneath it. And that you would bring us to life, and even more life in your name. That you would feed us and inspire us. That you challenge and shape us. Father, we want to press into what it means to belong to you as your family. We want to press into what it means to belong to one another. So help us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it's been quite a week for God in the media, has it not? I don't know, where do we, where do we begin? Uh, was it the, um, the ruling that... We're not allowed to pray to God in council meetings now. That Biddeford ruling was uh, upheld. So now, you know, we can't, we can't 
pray to God, I expect he'll cope with that. Or was it um, Giles Fraser and Richard Dawkins on the Today program, Radio 4, this week? And if you've caught that, you can catch it on the internet or on, uh, uh, on the BBC website, or it's even on, on iTunes now. Uh, they had a little bit of a spat, but I guess the, the, the essence of that, Dawkins was on the program because um, he's rather modestly set up this foundation called the Richard Dawkins Foundation. And they've done a survey off the back of the last census, discovering that all those who ticked Christianity as, or Christian as their faith in the last census, something that was something like 70% of the nation. And I think we all knew that was slightly spurious, uh, you know, the way the question was asked. But anyway, Dawkins has gone to attack on that and discovered that you know, it's a tiny fraction of people who purport to um, express any of that Christian faith that they tick the box about. Um, large numbers didn't know the first book of the New Testament and... Uh, didn't go to church, didn't read their Bible, didn't blah, 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 blah. And uh, so, yeah, you know, we're not a Christian country at all and all of that. Uh, one of the banner headlines from the papers last week was Christianity under attack. What, what's changed? <laughs> Twas ever thus. Ask yourself, when did the church grow at its fastest rate? It was exactly when it was outlawed in the Roman Empire and people, Christians, were being carted off and executed summarily day after day. And the church grew. Um, in one sense, I, I don't, mean to be flippant with this but in one sense bring it on bring it on because it shakes out what core faith is what real faith is and that's what we're about here um, at St. Dionys in this little season we're, we're asking ourselves what what is the very essence of our faith uh, just let me just read one of the responses in the um, uh, in the press I've been getting all these different cuttings various uh, commentators um, actually having quite a dig at, at Dawkins uh, the dork, as Giles Corin refers to him in the Times, um, and, and not not uh, no not meant to be flattering that at all. Um, you've 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 read it right. Uh, who's this? Janice Turner, uh, various others saying, "Well, yeah, hang on a second. We, we need the good old Church of England. We need religion to be part of the fabric of our society. Let's let's not let's not sweep it all away." But I guess um, someone who's who's drawn the most sort of comment and uh, attention over the week was Baroness Wolsey. The, she's um, chairman of the Conservative Party and a peer, obviously. Interestingly, a Muslim. <laughs> took a Muslim to stand up for Christianity in this context. But this is what she said to um, a rather select gathering of the Pontifical Ecclesiastical Academy, a college which trains priests uh, in the Vatican. And with seven other ministers, including three cabinet ministers in attendance, uh, among other things, in her, her, in her sights was militant secularism. And she said this, In order to encourage social harmony, people need to feel stronger in their beliefs. In practice, this means individuals not diluting their faiths and nations not denying their religious heritage. And if you take this to its logical conclusion, then the logical idea you are left with is this. Europe needs to become more confident in its Christianity. Hallelujah. I'm guessing we'd agree with that. In order to encourage social harmony, people need to feel stronger in their beliefs. And I want to argue that the, the, the thing that will foster belief, the thing that will encourage a strength of belief, is this sense that we belong, 
That, that's why I think we've distilled, this has been quite a long, sort of months and months in the process as a church, to distill out these values. Last month we looked at uh, our values at ABC, adoration, belonging, compassion. Last month, adoration, expressing our worship, our delight, our wonder, our awe of the God who made us. This month we're looking at the, the value of belonging. And I want to unpack that a little bit more following on from, from Will's excellent talk last week. You can download that on our website. Next month we'll look at compassion, loving as Jesus loved, uh, and what it is to live a life of compassion. But I want to argue that, that belonging, our core value of belonging, is vital as the sort of to fertilize the soil that will grow the seeds of belief and lead to the kind of robust confidence that Baroness Wolsey and others are calling for in, uh, in the media and in the, the sort of world around us at the moment. And so just to pick up on Will's talk last week, belonging arising out of koinonia, this Greek word, which is translated slightly anemically perhaps, fellowship, um, a, a, a sort of an intentioned gathering where three or four or ten or twenty or hundreds or thousands gather and where individuals say, I am here for you. And I understand and receive that you are here for me. I am. In terms of identity, I am because you are. And you are because I am. We, we, we intentionally fit together. And we picked up this theme in Peter Chapter 2, just across the page, if you're there in 1 Peter. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by human beings, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual, spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Living stones built into a living building, a spiritual house. And that it might be said, is the, the essence of, of koinonia, of fellowship. And Peter goes on to talk, the rest of chapter 2, about relationships. He talks about our relationships with the state um, as individuals with, the, with um, all authorities. Verse 13 of chapter 2, submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human authority. He goes on to talk about slaves, verse 18, slaves and masters. And I guess we could transpose that to, to refer to the workplace, our relationship with those at work. Chapter 3, verse 1, wives. And then verse 7, husbands, family relationships, marriage, family, uh, and by extension, community, we might say. So every kind of relationship he, he, he teaches into. And then here we pick up where John was reading, verse 8, finally. That finally is there because it's just referring to all the other instructions, the instructions to authorities, to workplace, to family. And finally, all of you, all of you, be like minded. Be like-minded. I was confessing at the earlier service, I've been slightly wrong-footed in my preparation. This uh, version that we have here is the, the, today's new international version, T-N-I-V, and I've been preparing from the N-I-V, my, the Bible on my desk, uh, and the phrase that it has there, the way it's translated, verse 8, is finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Live in harmony with one another. And that's the metaphor I've been playing with a little bit, so I'm, I come to this and realize uh, I'm slightly wrong-footed. But it, it, it's essentially the same thing. Be like-minded, live in harmony with one another. 
belong. Intentionally belong. Peter isn't saying that we can live, or he's saying we cannot live this Christian life. The Bible is saying we cannot live this Christian life as isolated notes or clusters of chords. Living in harmony means giving oneself to a beautiful, rich, and enriching, harmonious sound that can be heard beyond our lives, beyond these four walls, beyond Parsons Green, as we join with other harmonies in this area and in this city and in this nation and across this land. The whole song of heaven resounding on earth. Live in that. Give yourself to that. Belong to that sound. And the dynamic of koinonia, the dynamic of this fellowship, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, is another compound Greek word. So koinonia last week. We'll get through the whole Greek language by sort of 2020. This week, perichoresis. Perichoresis. It's a compound word. It's made of two words, peri and choresis. Peri means with or together. And choresis means um, kind of dance or movement. We get the word choreography from that root word. The, the, the together dance, the with dance. And um, uh, theologians use this word perichoresis as a phrase to describe how we try and understand the Trinity in, in sort of practical day-to-day terms. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Perichoresis. Actually, if you live in Parsons Green, you don't need fancy Greek words and theologians. You just need Zebedee Nursery School. Uh, any morning, you care. As you walk past here, you'll see in the little garden uh, just out here, you'll see Zebedee Nursery School playing, and inevitably you will see a demonstration of perichoresis. You'll see three little people, all linked arms, spinning round and round in a whirl, whooping and wheeling with delight. Uh, I discipline myself no matter how busy I am and how late I am for my next meeting, just to pause and enjoy and take it in. Perichoresis. And they are echoing, they're mirroring here on earth what God is doing in heaven. God the Father is hand in hand with God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And they are spinning and weaving and dancing to the rhythm of heaven. And the Spirit, Max Turner calls the go-between God. The go-between God in this dance, he's got a hand out and he's looking just for anyone who's beginning to tap their feet and kind of hunch the shoulders, kind of nod the head to the rhythm of heaven. And the Spirit says, yep, they're beginning. Come on, come and dance. Come and join the perichoresis. Come and weave in with the life of God the Father through God the Son. Dee, Dee be right in there. Can't you just see Dee? She'd be, Spirit's got her. And others as well. Whipped up. Come on, join the dance. Hear the song. Feel the rhythm. Belong. Belong. Another metaphor, visual metaphor, if you like, for belonging to the dance of the Spirit. Belonging to what God is doing in our lives is, um, is the program 
Strictly Come Dancing. I know we've, we've kind of used this before, but it's worth repeating if you missed it. You, are you familiar with this? Around about September, you have a sort of unlikely motley crew of uh, B or C-list celebrities, uh, a number of whom uh, ably demonstrate the fact they have two left feet, paired up with these professional dancers. And in the first two weeks, it really is, it's a sort of, I remember Audley Harrison of the last one, he's a boxer, bless him, he's sort of, was he six foot eight, and he had feet that big. And there he is, kind of, trying, you know, fox-trotting his way around. And uh, the judges are trying to be nice and kind. And, uh, and here's the challenge, and, and this is what I think sort of grips us. Because we hear the music, and we, we see the challenge laid out there. We, can you dance? Can you, can you learn the steps? Can you go with the rhythm? Can you become a, a, a ballroom dancer? Let's see. And week by week, as the professionals get to work and as these celebrities, they, they learn the steps and they sweat and they grunt and they grind, as they listen to the music, as they practice the different dances, bit by bit, they are slowly transformed from whatever it was they were good at into being moderately, or in some cases, extremely good at ballroom dancing. There's the challenge for us. Can I ask, have you, have you heard or received the invitation from God our Father through Jesus? By that I mean through Jesus, because we couldn't possibly hold court with God. He is so holy and pure. We are so sinful when we're honest, when we look on the inside. But God has paid the price of that sin. He's dealt with the sin through Jesus' death on the cross. So it's through Jesus that I can actually stand robed in righteousness, the robe of God placed on me. He says, will you come into my family? Will you join the dance? It's the spirit that enables us to see that. We, we, it makes no sense. He died 2,000 years ago so that I can live for God now. Mm -hmm. That's what Alpha's all about. We, we, we take a few bit of time just to work all that out. And the spirit works on our, our heads and our minds and enables us to see because of what you've done, I can begin a new life, a new relationship. I can begin to dance the dance. I know, I mean, if I was asked for a show of hands, I won't. But if I were to, a number of you, yes. I remember, I can, I can tell you the day and the hour and the minute. Some can. Others, well, sort of gradually I, I became aware as I look back. Yeah, I'm not where I once was in relationship with God. Maybe there are some of us here today, I don't know. I don't know where I am in relationship with God. I don't know if I describe myself as walking with him, living with him, dancing with him. He longs for you too. The call to belong, to trust the instructor, to learn the steps, to um, kind of focus and yet relax at the same time. Focus on what we're doing, but relax so that we've got a chance to listen to the rhythms of creation, the song of heaven, and join in. So that actually, bit by bit, week by week, month by month, we are being transformed into God's dancers. We do that as we pay attention to the core value here at this church of belonging. Belonging to him through Christ, as I've just explained. And recognizing that that's what unites us together. We belong to one another. We're not just here because we happen to live in Parsons Green, true as that may be. 
We're not just here because we're all sort of nice and of a certain stage or age, or because actually we're all quite mixed and different. What it is that unites us, that enables us to say one to another, I belong to you and to this, is what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. But what his spirit is doing in calling forth the dance. The statement, let me just read it out. Uh, We value belonging. We commit to building relationships with other members of the church family. All sorts of ways in which we might put that into practice. By attending on a regular basis here. I sort of, I don't know, I feel like coming. Well, I know X and Y and Z will be there. And, and they'll be expecting me there. They'll, they'll, they'll want to see me, to meet me, to greet me. Yeah, I'm going to turn up. Joining in with uh, the different things that go on midweek. Different ways in which it might be a course or a class. It might be a prayer meeting, a house group. All the different ways in which we can signify that we belong, not just attend, not just consume, participate, belong. You may be wondering why um, uh, there's a ladder here, you think, oh, doing a bit of work or something. No, this is another little visual aid. Uh, and I, I wanted to um, just allow the steps of this ladder to be the, to demark the steps of belonging, that we kind of just take a step, a step at a time, in order to climb up the ladder, in much the same way as we take different steps in order to belong to our church family. The first step is very easy. I mean, pretty much everyone can get onto the first step. It it is maybe just saying, yeah, I'm I'm going to come along here. I'm going to attend. I'm just going to be part of what's going on here. I I may not join in the singing. I may not join in the prayers. I may not join in anything. I'm just going to be here, be present. That's fine. It's absolutely fine. Uh, quite a few of these commentators, it's interesting just reading the, the papers and they're talking about you know, the, the good old Church of England. It's all faintly patronizing, but there we are. The good old Church of England, you know, it's always there. It's like a sort of avuncular uncle. You know, you, you're kind of not aware of them most of the time as you get on with the really important things. But every now and then when you kind of need the good old Church of England, you sort of tiptoe along, you can sit in the back and you don't have to do anything. And you don't have to believe anything. In fact, Church of England is full of people who believe anything, including you know, vicars, bishops, all right, so, so it's all fine, it's all fine. And, and to an extent, at the, at the bottom rung, yeah, I don't go along with that. I'm, you know, I'm not like Richard Dawkins. I'm not going to go around and take a survey of you and see what you believe at, at this level. When, when, it, when it comes to sort of PCC and leadership, I, I might have a vague interest in, 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 in you know, what it is you believe. But down here, just, you, you just, yeah, that's quite easy. And then when I'm on that step, well then, I wonder whether, since I've been coming for some time, I wonder whether, you see, then I can reach, I can reach that step. And that is, and this may be considering formalizing your membership. And we do that in the Church of England. Again, it's all sort of fairly relaxed. But we do it by filling in an electoral roll form. And uh, we're coming up towards our annual meeting in, in April. And so we're just paying attention to, well, who, who's, on? who's on our... <laughs> who's on... This, this analogy could go... <laughs> A brand new sermon illustration. Healing the vicar. Um, uh, Oh, I've lost my train now. Electoral roll, that's right. That, that's, this is the sort of formal way in which um, the Church of England marks its membership. It enables those on the electoral roll to vote at their annual meeting. So it's a way in, in which, actually, the church in general, and, and particularly here, is at its most democratic. It, you can vote for who's on the PCC. The PCC vote for who's on the deanery synod. 
which is a sort of local government. The Deanery Synod votes for who's on General Synod, which is a sort of national church government. So you see how every person who's on the electoral roll has a stake in what the church does and how it's led and the direction it goes in. So joining the electoral roll might be an idea. Um, if you're on the electoral roll but not yet in a house group, we're in a little season where we're looking to to grow the house groups, actually with a view, really excitingly, to, to birth new ones out of them. Because the house groups, probably in a, the most concentrated way, carry our core values. They carry the DNA. So to birth out of that DNA is one way in which we ensure that new groups carry the DNA, the values of adoration, belonging, compassion of our church. See, actually, just, it's, I recognize it's quite hard it's quite hard to, you, well, I suppose you could go straight into a house group, but it's a bit of a, whoa, it's a bit of a step up, isn't it? So that's why we've got these little steps. That's fine. But for those of you who've been attending for some time, maybe you're on the electoral roll. Is it time to consider being part of a house group? Well, I, I don't suppose you get to this step straight away. You kind of just feel your way in. But the next level of belonging is to be an active member a contributing member in some way. We've got leaflets at the back entitled Time and Talents. And I want to recognize, actually, this is quite a sacrificial way for a number of us to belong. But I want to put it to you as a challenge. Are you ready to step up here with the sacrifice of your time? I know just how busy so many of you are. You, you, you work flat out. Many of you have young families that are incredibly tiring on, on physical resource uh, and also on our time. And the time that you already give to the church is extraordinary. As a percentage of all the churches I've served in and, and been a part of, as a, as a sort of, you know, staff member or active member, this church here has the highest percentage of regular committed people who give their time in some way. You are remarkable. You are remarkable. And I guess what I'm really, this is really addressed to, to those, if you're conscious that you're not yet maybe offering your time helping to serve the refreshments. Or as I love, Omid has uh, just newly joined the AV team at the back. He's giving his time in that way. Uh, or the children's team, if you have a heart for sharing the gospel and teaching God's truth to these little sponges, could you give time in that way? Dee would love to hear from you. Uh, there are all sorts of ways the time and talent sheets will, uh, will articulate ways in which we can give time, talents, and money. Uh, I was having a discussion earlier on about just how much money we get from the center. Let's put it like this. I, I, can, I can say this with sort of hand on heart. We get hardly anything. <laughs> from the, there's a lot of expertise that we have uh, call upon. But even my stipend and Will's stipend, which we kind of is wrapped up in our giving to the common fund, but we still give. We still have to raise the money to give that gift, which we do willingly and with a, with a, a sort of happy and generous heart. But we do that, and that's as Will and my stipend back in return. But in terms of the lights, or indeed the coffee and biscuits, or all the resources, be it the photocopying, the staff resources, Dee and Jamie and others, everything else that we kind of use and consume here comes through generous, sacrificial giving. And if you don't already give on a regular basis, I, I, I just the thing about the regular basis is that it's such a help for us to budget. If we know that one-off gifts are wonderful, uh, if we have a guest service, maybe a baptism 
and the families are very generous and put a fair amount of cash in the, in the bag. That's absolutely wonderful. Praise God. But it's very hard to plan for those. It's so much easier to plan and to budget all that we, to, to, to sort of undergo all that we sense God might be calling us to do if we've got some sense of regular giving. I, I know that not all of us here are in a position to give on a regular basis. Some of us are out, out of work uh, and looking for work, paid work, that is. Uh, I totally accept that there'll be times and seasons when we can't all give in a sacrificial way. But uh, as a church, PCC, we're, we're wrestling at the moment with being true to a biblical precept of, of giving away 10% of what we earn. So the income as a, as a PCC, we are challenging ourselves to give to mission partners and in other ways, to give 10% of what we give, to give it away. That was what the people in Israel were encouraged to do. And, and, and there's, a, there's a challenge as we, as we look to belong to this church. And if you like, pay our way. Will, will you be part of that? Will you join in the dance of God by giving time, talents, finances? It, it may be... Um, and, and this is there's no particular order on these lungs, rungs here, but it may be a, a particular act of leadership. There are one or two spaces that will be vacated on the PCC. And so, uh, you know, if you've been here, you're kind of uh, inside us, you've climbed up these rungs, and you're to hear, is, is that something? Serving on the leadership body of the church, working with the, the vicar and the staff team in just uh, working out the vision, the direction, and the pace at which we will do what we'll do. Will you help us with that? Is that something that the Lord is calling you or maybe you, someone else you sense? He may be nudging in that direction. Final run, really high here. And um, as I'm this high up the ladder, I'm relatively nervous. And I guess I suppose I'm a little bit nervous just to say this. But I feel there's a little season where I will say this. And actually, just to avoid distraction, I'm going to come down. But imagine me on that. In case you're all worried what's going to happen. Um, as you know, behind the scenes, we're, we're embarking on this project, Living Space. We're thinking about refurbing the building. We've seen architects. There have been some amazing, really exciting plans. We're about to interview three of those architects formally to take up references to, uh, with a view to appointing one of them, I, I hope, around about Easter time or shortly thereafter. And uh, that's when we begin, we begin to press the button. They've done all of this for free thus far. They're pitching for the business. And the business, the work that we're asking them to undertake, will be, I, I imagine, um, something like a five- to seven-year program of, of bits and pieces of work. We'll, we'll get in some money. We can do some work. Stage one. Uh, but then when you're done stage one, you know what it's like with your own house. You've done, you clean the skirting boards. Oh, we need to do the walls. We've done the walls. Oh, we've got to do the ceiling. Uh, and so it goes on. And I don't think it'll be much different here. C can I just say this? It's just endemic in life here that we have a kind of people churn. That people come and belong, and it's wonderful. And then it breaks my heart every time, for whatever reason, they, they go. And it may be work calls them. It may be the, or there may be a myriad of reasons. And I know many people leave having belonged here and joined in the dance. They, they leave with heavy hearts too. Maybe I'm confessing a fear on my part, in which case I need to deal with the fear in my heart. But here it is. And I'm just being quite open with you and quite honest. My fear 
is that we won't be able to do the building projects because we're spending so much time just calling people in to replace the people who leave. My sense is that we'll be able to do this building project. I, I, I really believe we, will t we can meet every challenge of the finances we'll need and of all the time and meetings and oh, dealing with the council and the borough and the DAC and the Victorian Society and the I Love Pew Society and the all the, 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 everything else. We can do all that if, to a certain extent, there's a secure base. And, and I, I guess in different ways, I'm going to drip feed this little message which I think the Lord is just putting on my heart at the moment. A, a challenge, if you like. And it, it, it's the challenge, really, to, to belong, not just here or here, and home groups and giving and everything. Else, but it's actually, will you belong to the vision? Will you belong to the vision of this church? Will you commit to hang in here for three or five years? It's, it's lofty and shaky. It, it's, it's a vulnerable thing that I ask. Because I know for a fact, you're all talented people. Your, your employment is going to offer you promotion. Or you know, you're, going to be, you're going to be off in the States or Singapore. Or, 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 or your finances are such that you could afford to live in a bigger house out in Surrey. Or wherever it might be. And, and it'll have a garden. There'll be, there'll be real pulls on your commitment to hang with us here. And I can't make any one of you do anything. I, I have in one sense. <laughs> I've got no power over you at all. <laughs> you are completely free. I'm simply asking. I'm simply asking. For the sake of a legacy that will last for the rest of this century in this place. I mean, the Victorians had an amazing vision when they built this. But the trouble is, it's got stuck in its Victoriana. And we're talking about serving the community and beyond for the 21st century and making this place fit for purpose. On top of running Alpha and parenting courses and house groups and uh, the night shelter and everything else that God is calling us to do. And in order to do that, we will need to belong. I, I undertake to bust the gut for the next five to seven years. And I'm, I'm inviting you into that commitment, into that call, up to that rung of the ladder. That's why at the very core of who we are is our value of belonging to God and to one another for the sake of his kingdom. Amen. Amen.